Everything's coming out a little slower today. Everything Irie, that's all I, I'm going to say. Everything is Irie. Hope everything's Irie with you. And hello you. Hello you. <laughs> hello everyone. Welcome into the Untitled Life podcast with Caleb and Amy. Bam! Nailed it. And literally, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm looking at what I titled this audio clip to be, and I actually called it the All Titled Life podcast. The All Titled Life. Not Untitled. That That is a very me thing to do of I you, know. Amy. <laughs> I know. You're like, your habits are like bleeding into me yes, a little bit Yes, I think it would be a funny practice if I were to go through and read all my uh, <laughs> folders, files on my computers and what they're named, because they're all probably <laughs> the old titled life. Yeah, the old titled life. The old yes. titled life. Not the untitled life. But the podcast <laughs> is The Untitled Life with Caleb and Amy. We are Caleb and Amy. And uh, got a cool episode today. It's yeah. going to be fun for us. Thanks to you. Yeah, I hope it's fun for you as well. <laughs> um, today we are doing a live Q&A episode. So. Oh, it's live. So thank you, viewing audience. <laughs> if you guys can please just applause when they hold up the sign for applause. <laughs> um, okay, what I mean by live is we are answering these questions on the spot. We have I not answered them previously. No. Correct. We've never answered them previously. I also have not premeditated any answers oh, to these okay. questions. So, you know, you're going to hear the thought process as it happens. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for all the questions. Um, yeah, we had a great response this time. Thank you so much to everyone who submitted a question. Um, we, I don't know, this always makes me really excited to hear what y'all want to hear from us and... Yeah, and also just to yeah answer questions, and they're kind of all across the board, which is what we wanted. Which is what we wanted. Yeah, yes. we said you know nothing is off topic, and I think people took that to heart. Nothing at, is off at time. limits. Nothing is off limits yes. or off topic. Same thing. Yes. Um, but nothing is ever off limits with me. You know? Limitless. Yeah. Yes. Okay, Caleb, do you want to <laughs> okay. start by asking sure. the first question? Yeah, okay. uh, I guess. Um, can I look at this? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be yeah, hard. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm just gonna start with the top one here. Okay. What do we miss most about our life? previous to living in the van mm, okay so starting off with kind of a, a van life one what do you yeah. what would you say ames hmm. what I miss that's most a good question i feel like we've got this question a lot it comes yeah, up but it, in the three years we've been living this way i feel like i haven't thought about it in a while and i feel like my answer changes too depending on the season true um you know there's a few things i miss i miss well it's kind okay i miss having a bathtub and okay. that has been a consistent <laughs> miss so something you know kind of like physical like that i do miss having a bathtub um you know i often so we lived for those of you who don't know we lived in denver colorado before we moved into the van and i mean i definitely miss a lot of like what our life was like there when we lived there i missed our group of friends our community um but i know now like it's not the same. You know, like if we went back and lived in Denver again, like most of our friends who were there back when we lived there aren't there anymore. Um, it would be different. So I know that like that season has kind of passed. Like uh -huh. I can miss it, but there's nothing really I can do right now to like recreate it, I guess. So you just like miss that season. Yeah, it was a good season. It really was. It was a very good season of life for yeah. us. And, uh, you know, I think it's, we keep on, I brought it up several times in the last few months, how crazy it is that now we've been living in the van mm -hmm. on the road longer than we ever lived in that Denver house. Because yeah, that time we lived in our little Denver house in the Denver vicinity, first time I've ever really lived like in a city. Mm -hmm. Though we were on the outskirts, um, but we had, like, street parking only. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we knew all of our friends were, like, in the downtown area. Very much city life. Very different from how we're living right now. But that little window of two and a half years that we lived there before moving into the van just felt like 
kind of like timeless yeah. you know it is just a little capsule where there wasn't really a time frame on it we had so many just outstanding moments and experiences and like and just it's crazy to look back on them because there's just so many listen yeah. lists. so it feels like yeah, more came out of it than the time period that it really took up yeah i do look back on that area just very very fondly um and it does make me happy to like think back on those times um it was like the perfect home life living situation before coming out and doing yeah. the exact opposite where we're completely kind of isolated but i will say being there out here in nature but i will say being there and being in denver with how close it is to um the mountains you know like i feel like that really opened the door for us and realize made us realize how accessible nature and the outdoors are yes. which is a big reason why denver is a very popular city is because it's incredibly accessible to really beautiful and remote nature spots. yeah and we're like let's make it even more accessible <laughs> it like really drove us yeah. to just fully immersing ourselves into living in nature yeah but i mean well, in a car to answer the question <laughs> bathtub for sure um Caleb and I both are big bath people, um, so I definitely miss having a bath on hand consistently, like just hot water to sit in. Hot water. Hot and then water. also, I do I do miss, like, my job that I had. I worked in a restaurant there. Um, it's called Comida. If you're ever in Denver, definitely go check it out. Just delicious street tacos. Locally owned. Great place. Comida but, as in food in English. Food. Well, food in Spanish. Yes, yes. Um, so go to, go to food. I did love, I absolutely loved working there. Loved all my managers, the owner, all my coworkers. So I do miss, I do miss that job. Um, it wasn't like I was ready to just like quit a job and leave. It definitely wasn't that situation for me. So I do miss that. But, cool. you know, I'm not there anymore. So, you know, good answers. Yeah. <laughs> Bathtub, I think, is always a, a top five you know rotating mm -hmm. whether we've gotten to enjoy a few bathtubs though the last month which has been nice we've yeah. stayed in a few hotels or in an airbnb so you know i feel that when i get these spurts where i get a bath bathtub it keeps me going for a while like mm. Right now, I'm not really craving another bathtub. Though we took a lot of baths in that house in Denver. Yeah. Like, a shit ton of baths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce would be very proud of us. <laughs> and so would Thad. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> both other bath lovers. Shout out to the bath lovers out there. <laughs> the real MVPs. <laughs> what else um, do you miss? I really miss, especially, you know... I'm going to, like, take a slice from that, that city living mm -hmm. in Denver, but I miss our moped. Oh, yes. <laughs> we had a moped named Michael, mm -hmm. a 2006 Honda Metropol Metropolitan. It was, like, 49cc, so didn't I could drive it on the sidewalks. Or on the road. Or on the road. <laughs> uh, and, man, like, the weather. I mean, so people say Denver has over 300 days of sun or whatever, and just... I feel like once we got Michael, we were ever we were able to experience all 300 days, like mm -hmm. outside. There were several times, especially like late in our in our uh, I was gonna say career in Denver, but late <laughs> in our living situation, before even like when we had the van and like early quarantine, mm -hmm. where there would be nights where the sun setting and like it felt so good outside, and so me and you would just take turns doing this loop in our neighborhood, <laughs> like while the other one just like watched the dogs on the patio yes. uh, on Michael, and man, he was so great. If I yeah. ever lived in any kind of city, city vicinity again, I am for sure getting a moped like the day we move in. It was the best <laughs> They're purchase. They're so awesome. Yes. It was the best purchase, and you really had to talk me into getting him when we moved to Denver and realized kind of where we were in the city and like, you know, where our jobs were and how, oh, we don't really need to take the interstate to get anywhere because we're right. literally right outside of downtown. So we, you were like, I feel like this would be a great spot to get a moped. Like we should definitely do it. I was like, no, we don't need a moped. Like we already, we shared a car. We had one car. 
That I was, was like, I mean, that was a catalyst. So I was already kind of getting into the moped scooter life in Nashville before we moved out. You know, I was starting to want one. Then we moved to Denver, and yeah, we were sharing a car, which was fine the mm-hmm. first few year. No, first couple months, few months. Is that we I got bought my, the moped that quickly? We got him like four months in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was like a full year. Mm-mm. I thought it was like the next summer, but uh, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we were sharing a car, and so I thought it would be. It just felt practical. I was like, yeah, we could. We can get anywhere in town without having to um, take the interstate, and it's just like a cheaper option. I mean, I bought it for twelve hundred bucks, and the greatest thing was when I sold it <laughs> to move into the van. I sold it for twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though really I had put lose. so many miles. Yeah. You it was really just. Lose you didn't yeah. put that many miles on him. That's the thing. You, yeah. Like, you can't go that far on him. And so. it got a hundred miles per gallon. He only held one gallon, <laughs> mind you, and the speedometer did not work. Yeah. No, wait, his gas tank. Did not work. The yes. speedometer worked the for gas all you tank, worried parents gas, out there. The gas tank, like, reading. Yeah, the work. light. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Or the, yeah, the reading. The gauge. The, the gauge. There's the word. Um, yeah, Michael was a great purchase. I do miss Michael. We have talked. We have brought him up multiple times since we've been in the van. Shout okay. out to Michael and the bathers out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right, Ames, you pick one. Let's, let's go. move on. Um, so, okay, I've got a good one for you here. All right. How many prana pants can you have before it's a problem? Ooh, um, <laughs> uh, currently I'm I'm good with my one pair of prana pants. I feel okay. like two. I just don't need that many pants. I'm finding in you know since we chase warm t-shirt weather or tank top weather or shirtless weather as I would say now, uh, I don't find myself wearing a whole lot of pants except for very specific occasions like early morning hikes or something or late nights around a campfire. So I think. One to two is appropriate. Yeah, I'm thinking two. I'm thinking three prana pants. That's I, I know how much they cost, <laughs> and starting to it's a lot of. But prana shorts, I do need a few of those. Okay, that's a different. Yes, whole definitely different prana shorts. Status. Do you agree with that? Um, I would say I would say two is appropriate. I mean, before it's a problem, I'd say maybe more than five is a problem. Okay, yeah, <laughs> a problem. But I think two is like appropriate. Hey, no problems, only situations. Okay, as the Irie would say. Okay. Okay. All right. Got another one. Um, do you have a bucket list hike slash adventure you want to tackle someday? Um, I mean, yes. <laughs> what would it be? I don't know. I mean, a few come to mind, but the first thing that popped in my head, which this is one reason I love these questions, is I love to just take the first thing that comes to mind because the more I would mull over it, of course, I could come up with many First thing that came to mind was actually the Nepali coast in Hawaii, oh. like backpacking that. Shit, Ames. Wow. Set the bar high. <laughs> yeah. That, okay. Knocked it out of the park with that one. Yeah. I Dream mean, goal. We have, we've been to the Nepali coast um, and we did do a hike around the area, but it was not like a backpack. Like we just kind of explored and moseyed around. It wasn't like a backpacking trail, you know, adventure. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that, that's what came to mind first. So there's Which my answer. Apparently you can like backpack down through mm-hmm. the jungle onto the coast and camp there. Yep. yep. Sure Yes. Can. I, yeah. That's what oh. I'm talking about. Holy shit. <laughs> well, this is very much our personalities, I think, or us mm-hmm. in general, if you guys have known us for any length of time, but, um, I would probably say Mount Denali. Yeah. <laughs> in alaska now i was very into this idea when we first we took our first trip to alaska back in 2018 19 19? Mm-hmm. yes see 19 uh, and i kind of you know we just i'd always loved the idea of alaska and the last frontier and the wild up there but yeah getting to see it and experience it and we drove up to like the last base camp area talkeetna that's the last city you hit before going into denali national park and just yeah 
learning from the people there, it like really drove me to want to pursue like one day being like, that could be a crazy bucket list item, like summit Mount Denali. Cause we're pretty big in the summit. Well, not pretty big. We're casual 14 or summiters mm-hmm. back in Colorado. 14 or being a 14,000 foot peak, uh, in the Rocky mountains. So we do it. We try and do a few of those every summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and we just also hike a lot in general and I love hiking. So it just kind of felt like when I was talking to, oh, and I was talking to one of the people we were staying with in Alaska, just couch surfing. And he was like, yeah, I want to like, you know, in a few years, three to four years, kind of start forming a team of people that would want to hike Denali. And he was from, uh, somewhere in South America, Panama. right? Panama. Mm-hmm. And so he really cool dude. And, uh, he was like, yeah, I'm trying to like kind of find the right people. I would want to h- try and hike Denali with in a few years, you know, once you get, start training and find the group you want and get all the gear. And I was like, yo, if you start doing that for real, like give me a call. <laughs> but, uh, now that I've learned more about it, um, and a few years have gone by, I don't know if I, that's a goal I'd actually try. Okay. So it was like a dream, like a fantasy bucket list. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's, the percentage is dropping on how much it feels like a reality okay. to me of like actually trying to pursue that. It seems like it's going to be years down the road, mm-hmm. probably just time wise and financially. Yeah, <laughs> I think it would take a lot of those two things. It's not and, as spontaneous. Right. It's not, it's not spontaneous. Like, Oh, Hey, let's go hike Elbert again with mm-hmm. our friends, you know, this or weekend, if so. I mean, if I got an offer to hike the Nepali coast, like I could go do it right now. Yes. You know, like if someone was like, Hey, do you want to fly up to, or try and hike Mount not Denali, excuse mm-hmm. me, when you guys are in Alaska in September, I'd be like, no, yeah, that's impossible. There's exactly. no way I could get to the point yeah. I need to be to try and summit that mountain by that time. Okay. Well, do you have any other like bucket list or adventure ideas that like feel a little oh. more attainable? Uh, I don't know. Every, yeah. day, every day living in the van. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm living right now. Okay. I like every day's adventure. Okay. The adventure of living. That was my one, like, if I had to choose, like, a bucket list item, you know, kind of like a dream, yeah, fantasy thing, like, that feels more approachable than, like, Mount Everest. For sure would never attend Mount Everest. Denali, from what I've heard from, like, our friend from Panama, it seems a little more approachable. And, yeah, maybe with the right training and right equipment, you can, an average person could do it. And we know a few average people, so we might have a crew already for Denali. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, next question. Do you ever feel lonely on the road? Um, no, I don't think so. But I guess I was feeling lonely yesterday. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> or 24 hours away from the average wonders. Um, no, I think it's like we live in very close proximity and, and like pretty much spend every waking and sleeping hour together in the van, mm-hmm. especially with our dogs. So I definitely don't feel lonely in the aspect of like, there's not another human there. And, uh, yeah. Do you feel lonely in terms of like having a community? Uh, no. Like I feel like that's the other way. Yeah. Maybe of feeling lonely. I, I don't Since think Since we so. are moving around all the time. Like, you know, a lot of people, when you stay in one spot, at least for a little bit, you build a community. Like. Right. Yeah, it's, I haven't... It'd be easy for us to miss out on that. Right. You know? I don't think we missed out on it. I mm-hmm. kind of think from our very first year, maybe the first summer in Colorado when COVID was kind of at its peak, it felt like a weird lonely because even people who would walk up or walk by our van that you just talked to in the campsite would want to either be wearing a mask or just be like, hey, I'm friendly. I'd love to talk to you guys, but COVID's weird. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to approach your vehicle. Like, all right, have a good day kind mm-hmm. of thing. So... I don't feel like even a potential for community was there, 
But once we got down to Arizona, I feel like our first year within a few months, we started like meeting people that we still know on the road that we still see yearly, you know, monthly. We're always like tracking each other, like where we're going to be next, where we're traveling. And that has only every year, like increased and increased Yeah. Um, to where, yeah, I def- it just, it kind of just happened. Like it wasn't even something I don't think we were searching out very much, but mm-hmm. it found us. So now I don't think I felt lonely on the road. Yeah. What about you? Um, there have been like fleeting moments maybe of, and it's not really lonely i wouldn't know if i don't know if lonely is the right word but there are some times where i'm just like man i wish like some of my girlfriends were here right now and we could just uh-huh. like go get a drink somewhere real quick or i don't you know just that convenience of being able to like call up a friend and go meet up real quick yeah um i have like missed that's kind of out the window for yeah. sure i have like there have been moments where i've like missed that opportunity um but no i wouldn't say i have felt lonely i definitely think since being in the van, I have, I mean, I think I was really building a strong foundation for this before we moved in the van, but then like now that we've been living this way, I think it's only strengthened like this feeling of not feeling lonely, even when I'm by myself. Like I think, you know, 10 years ago or seven years Mm -hmm. ago, Amy would feel loneliness probably pretty quickly being by herself after a short amount of time. But I definitely felt this in Denver and now it's only just grown since being in the van. Like even if I'm by myself for a long period of time, don't really feel that lonely, especially being outside in nature. Like there's mm. so much life around. Like it just doesn't feel lonely. Um, like the word alone and lonely are very different. Yeah. Like I love being alone, like out in nature. Cause yeah, it doesn't, you don't feel lonely being mm-hmm. like, I feel like both of us have kind of embraced that in, in parts of our life on the road where, we can, we're okay with aloneness mm-hmm. because yeah, it doesn't feel lonely. It feels full. I will say too. Now the only other times I have felt maybe a little lonely in the van besides just being able to like call up a girlfriend to go meet up or something, which that's only been sparse. But another time would be there've been a few instances where you've been out of town and I've been in the van by myself and it really only feels, it doesn't feel lonely in the aspect of like living this way. It's more just like the everyday chores that we have to do you're the only one doing all of them now. yes that made me realize oh my goodness if i were doing this by myself for like years upon years and i had to do all these things by myself for years upon years i think i would just burn out really quick yeah so it was more like i missed the teamwork of us making this happen and work together um so yeah i guess that could be maybe off the lonely tree somehow but yes that makes it even more impressive for impressive for our friend Sarah, mm-hmm. who's been doing it for three years mm-hmm. longer yeah. than we have alone or, in banjo. Bye-bye. Yeah. So there was a follow-up Weekly question. Weekly shout-out to bye-bye. <laughs> there was a follow-up question to this one. So then, do you feel at home? Like yes. in the van, do you feel at home? Uh, very much. I mm-hmm. think more than I've ever felt at home anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think the Denver house would be close second, but... I think that was more just our little world that we had created for ourselves, like in the in the path we chose. It didn't feel much. I don't know. It just felt different to where I was. Everything there felt very right. Felt very peaceful. Felt very like expressed and experienced. Um, but here, combined, all of that is definitely in like all the experiences and the threads where our lives are taking. But just with the actual physical home that I'm getting to live in now where the desert is my home. The mountains are my home. The lakes are my home. Like the, have yet the to make animals, the beach our home, but we'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> uh, but these, these shrines of nature now physically feel like my home. They're yeah. just, they're right out my front door. I'm, I'm experiencing the moon cycles on them, you know, 
28 day but yeah we know like every moon cycle which mm-hmm. is so cool we're very in tune with the weathers and and the yeah the sun and ah oh, it's just that it feels right mm-hmm. i've never felt that kind of like physical rightness in where i've been able to live until we moved into the van yeah so i think my body just craves to be in nature <laughs> gotta keep myself in nature yeah I mean, retweet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot too. Like there's so many, we have multiple towns or cities in Colorado, Utah, and Arizona that just feel like home to us. Like the second we drive into them or arrive at them, it's just like a big exhale and just like, oh, I'm home. But I right. can say that it's not just one place. You know, I can say that about probably like four or five different spots. I think we're getting even further. Like there are so <laughs> many towns now that I am so pumped to like go back to. And I'm just like, I, this feels like home. And I think the list is getting pretty long. <laughs> like, especially for the town we're in now, which I'm not going to say it. I think I'll let oh, okay. Google say it. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like this one uh, plays off the last question, but how do you get alone time living in small quarters? Yeah. This is- honestly, I think that's kind of more of the challenge than feeling lonely is now that since we're so surrounded with people and connections and experiences and stimulation that, yeah, it's hard for me to like pull myself away to get the alone time that I know I need. So yeah. So what do you do? What do I do to get alone time? Um, Definitely, I mean, which we talked about this on our last podcast episode, but definitely mornings. Yes. (laughs) Mornings are a big alone time time for me. Um, Alone time time. Alone time time. Alone time time. Wake up, (laughs) have my coffee. But you also like having coffee with me. I do like, I know, we do have coffee together like every, like maybe once a week, like every now and then. Um, But yeah, you typically go outside to have your coffee, even if it's chilly. But mm -hmm. I mean, with the sun rising... You sit in the sun and it's warm, but, yeah. and I kind of like the vibes of the van and also yeah. just chill with the dogs. But that's one way I get alone time. Um, another way is, I don't know, I'll sometimes like, you know, take the dogs for like a walk by myself, like a sunset walk or, and when we're in Colorado, if we're parked next to a lake in the mornings, I'll go paddleboard with Kona. And that's um, like, you are like separated from our yeah. camp spot totally. So yeah. Or I'll go on a hike by myself. Um, little things like that. Definitely in the beginning, like our first year of van life, I think this was a big, big thing that we had to work through. Um, cause we've always been, I've always thought like, we've always been that couple who like just enjoys doing things together. Like we've pretty much always done everything together. And that's just cause we've chosen that. Like we just yes. enjoy that. Like we've always like our friend group, like I'm always hanging out. You always, we have this joke that I'm always crashing guys' night because, like, your guy, <laughs> you're your always best, a part of guys' night. Your best guy friends are my best guy friends too. So we're always like hanging out together. Um, we've worked together at a restaurant before. When we moved to Denver, we tried to get a job at the same restaurant. I mean, I've always like I have been your assistant and second shooter in your business. It's so always you do where you work with me. Yeah, it's always just kind of naturally been that way, and like. You know, when we, I remember when we'd work in the restaurant industry and we get off work, we'd always just want to go hang out to like, we'd always want to meet up at a bar together, whether it's just the two of us or us and like our friends or coworkers or whatever. It's not like we're not going to have fun together. <laughs> so all that to say, we've always just kind of been one of those couples who pretty much did everything together. Um, and now we've just multiplied that <laughs> where every second of every day is pretty much together unless one of us takes a trip. Well, it was just surprising. Like once we got in the van 
And then, yes, like you said, it was multiplied. We were really doing everything together. I think then I realized, oh, we actually did do a lot of things separately. And like, even though I didn't realize it, there were times where we were in, intentionally like not doing things together. And that was really healthy and really good for us. There was just like natural space with yeah. even us holding two different jobs. Yeah. I mean, we just casually be like, I have to work tonight mm-hmm. at the restaurant. And so all of a sudden, like, and I wouldn't have to work mm-hmm. or something. And so there's like a five hour window where also I'm just alone at yeah. the home. And like, it felt natural because that's the natural cycle of, you know, us living in a city and stuff and having jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of, you never had to think about it. You got it enough to where, yeah, you know, we didn't have to seek it out. But once we got into the van, it was a different story. That was very wiped away. And I feel like it kind of smacked us in the face or at least smacked me in the face. And so for the first few I'm probably like the first nine or 10 months, we got a couple different Airbnbs and we would literally very intentionally get an Airbnb with at least two bedrooms. And we would like very much just take time apart. Like we'd be living in the same house, but we like wouldn't communicate, wouldn't talk. It's very much <laughs> like you're doing your own thing just because we both needed the space. And I think we knew that and we knew that this was a healthy thing to yeah. do. And so for the first like nine or 10 months, that's what it looked like. It was intentionally getting more space together so that we could have some space apart. And yes, like I told, we literally wouldn't talk. Um, we did cook and eat meals together just because it was more efficient to do that. But other than that, we were very much respectful of each other, giving each other our own space to just like decompress and have time to ourselves. And it was, I think it was really, really good. Yeah, I think it was really good. I mean, I don't think we've done it since that first year. Mm-mm, I don't think but- so. I mean, I think we've just be, become more inundated with the whole, like, nomad life and mm-hmm. how we need to take space. And how, yeah, I just don't think we knew that that was going to be a challenge going in. Because, yeah, yeah it just, not, we never had to think about it when we mm-hmm. were living in our house. The space just created itself. And, and so, it wasn't even that much. It didn't ex- seem it did, like. Yeah, it did not even <laughs> seem like that much. But, yeah, just the smack in the face of, wow, that's drastically different. Because you do not, you cannot separate in the van. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I go, you go. Everywhere you go. I go. And so we had to kind of be like, you know what? I think space and alone time is healthy, even in a very close relationship like ours. And so, yeah, we thought, you know, taking that space in Airbnbs was good. And it was. And so I think we've kind of worked it in more into our normal rhythm where we don't have to like go out of our way to be like, we need to sleep apart. Oh, we don't have to go that extreme of like not talking and sleeping. Or even like getting a house to where, you know, we can like physically be separate to where, uh, yeah, we don't see each other at all. So what are some of the things you think we do now to get space from each other? Um, kind of having, you know, our separate routines Mm -hmm. here and there, like you said, I think creates enough space. Um, I also think when we go, we've been, you've done it now twice, Mm -hmm. but camping by ourselves especially Mm -hmm. when we're in Colorado we'll set up the tent it doesn't have to be that far away from the van but just like having a night like that I think even just one night like that really already rejuvenates me to come Mm -hmm. back like Mm -hmm. I'm always excited to get back to the van and be like can't wait to be with you and the dogs in the van tonight Mm -hmm. you know and I was it was only one night away it was like 16 hours away of me backpacking uh but that that feels like it's been enough yeah I mean (laughs) I would agree like at, at this point now yeah even just like a long hike or yeah or just like a long afternoon on the paddleboard like seems to be enough and i think or i think like a key piece to this though is like the intention behind it all because i think that was something maybe that was missing the first year or two 
until we like took it extreme and would like legit just yeah. be separate for a little bit. And then we learned, oh, it's just about the intention of finding <laughs> alone time. Yes, yes. I think we just didn't know how to do that. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Because we never had to. But yeah, I think now, yeah, I love to tell you the intention behind it. Like we do, we have each intentional activities that we'll do on a week to week basis that are alone. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I go mountain biking alone or yeah, you go take a hike with the dogs alone. Like there's, there's that intentional space of like, Hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to surround myself with aloneness right now in, mm-hmm. the, in the best way. Yeah. And when you enter it in that mindset too, I think that's totally different than in maybe like, I feel like in the first year, I know there were times I would be like, Oh, I just like, I need alone time. And so I'd be like, I'm going to go for a hike. But like my mindset was like kind of frustrated You're and like, like upset away. and like, yeah. Ugh. And so like, I feel like it didn't really do that much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think mindset plays a big piece too. And I feel like now I think because we did kind of go through those, like, I don't know if I, like tumultuous, tumultuous isn't the right word, but just tumultuous. like that slap in the face for those first there few was months. A, there was a learning curve. Yeah. I think that we didn't know was going to be there. So and I surprise think going, and kind of just like, you know, threw ourselves head first into trying to ex- do, deal with that. Cause yeah. we never had to deal with that in like, you know, 13 years of being together. I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like that first time the way, like we were just caught in the wave and it was just tossing and turning. It was like, we're in a washing machine. Now we just like surf the waves. Yeah. Ride those waves. Yeah. Everything I read. <laughs> okay. Um, what has been the scariest wildlife you have encountered? Oh, the moose. <laughs> yeah. A moose, I think, is a scary for many reasons. But yeah, uh, it was a bull moose mm-hmm. with full on set of antlers and it was very close. Yeah. And you were camping. You were like yes, in your tent. We had a very close interaction. <laughs> I think that was, what was it? Was it the scaredest? Um, scariest. Scariest. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a scary moment, but it was also like one of the most lasting memorable moments from life, honestly, but especially from living in the van. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I had a very, he goes, I was, we were camping. I was camping by myself. Like one of the nights we just talked about mm-hmm. alone up in Crested Butte out on the lake, kind of on the shore of the lake. And I was, my tent was right behind these bushes um, and I was like on the other side of the bushes on the shore. And this is like at dusk, like very dark. It was supposed to be like a new moon. So I wanted to stay up and see the stars. And I'm just sitting on the shore and I heard like a noise behind me. And it, there was like forest pretty much came up to the shore around the lake. And so uh, I knew that there was going to be no cover. Whatever noise I heard back to my right, I knew that he was going to be, whatever it was, it was going to be able to see me out on the shore and I was going to be able to see it. And when I looked, there was probably like a huge moose like 50 feet away and like we both just saw each other and i was like oh there's like no cover here and uh, i kind of ended up just like backing into the bushes and it's getting like pitch dark and i'm just like waiting as patient as i can almost kind of like meditating just trying to like calm my breath and uh he just like starts you know walking up the shore my way i'm like i i don't know moose can swim like Mm. there's no way out um anyways ends up like walking kind of through my campsite like right behind me through the bushes uh, and I just hear him I'm just like huddled in the bushes and now it's like pitch black at night <laughs> and uh, I hear him just there's no other sounds up there at on these alpine lakes so you can hear him for you know pretty easily and he kept going you know he's snorting and like you know doing all the moose moosey things and uh yeah, he kept going. I heard him, like, finally, like, settle down a little ways in the distance. I'm like, I bet he's sleeping there tonight. I bet I'm literally, like, almost sleeping within shot of a huge moose. And so, um, you know, it's kind of just lots of en- high energy from that. 
and I woke up like at right at peak sunrise the next morning, probably a little bit before, like right when it started getting light, just to be like, where is he? Like, what's his situation? Went I'm out surprised to... you were able to sleep, honestly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't remember sleeping that bad. I was just like, I mean, I'm in my tent and I'm sleeping silent. I guess the worst thing would be if he accidentally stepped on me, which I don't think he would do. Uh, but I woke up right at crack of dawn, went out to the shore and like, he was already awake down the ways a little further distance than I thought. And he was like, you know, uh, shedding his antlers on some tree branches very violently. His velvet? Isn't that what they yeah, call Yeah, velvet. Yeah, yeah. The velvet on their antlers that they shed. And I just got to like sit on the shore and just watch him for like a few hours. Just like this massive creature just shed his antlers and this cool means. And later when he moved on, I went and found exactly where he had laid, which is pretty easy. I could like track him and then see this big old pile where he, he kind of like flattened some bushes and, and grasses and stuff. So yeah, very scary but like also exciting and awesome but yeah 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 i mean i think mine That's the story i think mine is actually the same moose <laughs> yeah. but different scenario it is the same moose because i was doing the same hike that you did right. when you backpacked to camp but i just hiked i didn't backpack in camp but i was doing it with kona and i was earlier that same day and i just i don't even like kona was off leash um, and I just like looked over in the forest and I just saw <laughs> it was the most, I like the most intimidating presence I, I mean, think I've ever been around. Huge. <laughs> it was a big bull moose, full set of antlers. Like you said, he was really dark Yeah. and yeah, just his energy, his presence was powerful and intimidating. And I did, I stopped right in my tracks and I yelled for Kona cause he was off leash and the moose and I just like kind of stared at each other for like, I mean, it was probably only like half a second because I didn't want to just stare it in its right. eyes, but it felt like a long time. <laughs> we just like looked at each other. It snapped on me what was happening. I yelled for Kona, just grabbed Kona and was like, just, I slowly just started walking backwards, like pulling Kona with me. And he, the moose, um, didn't like make any kind of charging, um, postures or like did not act like no he was. Aggression no showed. Didn't act like he was agitated or felt um, threatened or anything. So, yeah, I just kind of backed up with Kona. And then eventually he just, like, kind of stopped watching me and just, like, went back to whatever he was doing. And so Kona and I just, like, started backtracking and (laughs) went back to the trailhead. But it was definitely a moment. Like, you feel very vulnerable, especially in a presence that powerful and that intimidating. But it was once that subsided... I was like, that was so cool. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a you know life or death situation that you mm-hmm. live through. Well, and oh yes, I was putting a lot of trees between us because I was actually Which that is the thing to do. At that time, I was in a forest, so I could put a lot of trees between us. It so was I very, did do that. it was very foresty. So yeah. honestly, I don't know how the moose got around through those thick aspens, but yeah. I think yours was like a scarier situation than yeah. than mine. Like, we scared each other for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's like what you don't want to do with a I moose. Know. You kind of like came upon him or, you know, he came yeah. upon you. Like my situation with the moose was like we knew where each other was and we were mm-hmm. both being, you know, he just came down to get a drink of water and then go to sleep. And I'm just kind of like very calmly sitting out on the edge. And we like both saw each other from a safe distance and then he kind of continued on. And I kind of just like blended into the environment or just tried to like you know melt away uh so it felt more like stable and calm yeah so i wasn't i never really got worried even when he was like getting close but yeah yours was a very (laughs) scary situation for sure especially with kona being there because i hear dogs can aggravate moose aggression very well good thank god you didn't have little jetson 
Because yeah, something <laughs> definitely would have gone down probably. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I would also say to add to this, I think another scary wildlife encounter, kind of maybe the scariest based on how it happened, was when our the bat flew into oh, our van yeah. and landed on your shirt, which isn't a typically a, wouldn't be a huge deal, but it was daylight. There was obviously something wrong with, wrong the, bat. with the bat physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up just having to like, it literally landed on your shirt and just kind of was like gnawing at your shirt and mm-hmm. it like into our van door, our open mm-hmm. van door. And yeah, it's like late afternoon. So still sunny. So definitely lots of red flags here. Mm-hmm. And we we're able to like wrap it up in your shirt and slowly lift it up. It was like a tank top over your head mm-hmm. and then kind of just put it to the side and it ended up disappearing. But no, something was wrong with that. Yeah. We that just left the tank top bat. outside till the bat disappeared the next morning. And then we threw the tank top away. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. We, with like tongs. We weren't yeah. touching that thing whether it had rabies or something but yeah there was that was an uncomfortable wildlife situation because i don't think the wildlife was in its right mind that was just <laughs> or that was physical. weird yeah that was so, weird yeah so i had to add that one in yeah. too that's a good one that's a good one yeah all right it's your turn oh, and i think okay. you've got i do have some you've um, got some okay what are you most proud of Ooh, wow that's a big question yeah can i pass it your way first <laughs> no that was my question you have to answer it first <laughs> Oh, what? Um, what am I most proud of? I mean, shoot, proud is an emotion that's weird for me to feel. No, agreed. Maybe we should just break down what pride feels, what proud feels to us. Because <laughs> this emotion, I, I don't even like typically using the word, especially for something that someone else has done. Like, I'm proud of you or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm taking pride in who you are. You don't like I don't using like it using way. it that way. I've kind of like, I approach this question, I like it where it's like, what am I proud of? Like something I've kind of created or done. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of times it's used where it's like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's good that, I don't know, it's, it is a weird feeling. It's like there's pride there, which pride is such a double-edged sword mm-hmm. to have to mm-hmm. where, which depending on which edge you fall on, it can be a very good thing or also very bad thing. It can be a big stumbling block. Yeah, it can be yeah. a big stumbling block to just kind of who you are and your persona. And yeah. Yeah. So like, what, like, <laughs> What is proud, like, when you say I'm proud of this, or if you told me I'm proud of you, like, what are you saying? Well, like, what so are you this is one question I did kind of mull over. I cheated oh, because okay. I saw it. Um, <laughs> and because, yeah, it caught me off guard because, yeah, I'm typically, like, I don't like to really use that word, especially for, like, I'm proud of you for doing that. I'm like, I'm, I think it's awesome that whatever you, the accomplishment you did or whatever is great, but I don't use it like that. So the only thing I could think of really is, like, I think I'm proud of who I am. You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like, especially I think since we moved to Colorado, you know, you have those like opening moments where you finally start embracing like who you are mm-hmm. and how that, and that starts kind of like shaping and manifesting in your life. Um, and I think there's a, some, a big point from one of the books that we love inner engineering. He talks about, um, the book, uh, the author is Saad, Sahad Guru, and he's talking about how if you take responsibility for like who you are, you can kind of create the person you want to be someone like in any Avenue, someone who's complete love, complete openness, complete, uh, just welcoming and acceptance. And I feel like I really started taking that to heart around that time. And I've kind of like now, like looking back on myself, I'm, I, I guess I would say I'm proud of who I've created myself to be. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. But that's really all I can think of. That's I like using it for myself because it is pride. I, mean, I think pride is like a personal thing. And so, yeah, I like, you know, 
looking, looking, even looking back on the years at some of the evidence or, or my growth, I'm mm-hmm. very, I love how I've grown and how my life has been shaped to be. And I take pride that I helped manifest some of that within myself. So that's yeah. cool. Snaps. Oh, thanks. That's babe. cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'm proud of you. Oh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember you actually told me like very early on because I've, I don't know. That's something you say to people that you love, right? Yeah, and I remember I, guess. I remember saying it to you one time, like, I mean, I think we were in high school, or I was in high school, and you were in college, and I said I was proud of you or something. You were like, and you kind of went out, you're like, I don't really know what that means. You're like, I don't really like that. I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, I don't it's like... still kind of confusing. Like, even trying to sit with it now, like, and when we were talking, like, trying to break it down, it still confuses me. Like, mm-hmm. you're taking pride in... In someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that puts a lot of, like, pressure on someone else that, like... Their pride comes from you. I don't know. know? I don't know. I can't. It's too confusing. But something about it, I just, I at least hesitate and or try to find a different avenue to word that or express it to someone when I'm kind of feeling around that same, you know, Mm -hmm. a branch of that same tree of the emotion. You know, I try to like express it in a way that doesn't have to cross that bridge. (laughs) Well, typically is like linked with achievements, right? Right. Yeah. You win the state basketball championship. I'm so proud of you. Or like you shot your first wedding i'm so proud of you you know it's like an achievement thing right and i've never been much of like trying to hold on to achievements but you're able to access that feeling of proud when you think of yourself yes cool i guess i am my own achievement (laughs) no i'm just kidding that sounds very prideful fuck (laughs) um what am i most proud of i mean what what comes to mind immediately when i think of that is I guess kind of my journey from, you know, who I, some of the things that I struggled with as a kid to where I am now, like specifically around, um, just like getting out of my comfort zone and change. Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't think most humans grow up just like loving change and loving being out of their comfort zone. It's definitely something you have to learn, but I always kind of felt like I, it bothered me even more than most people. I mean, like, I'm talking, you know, when I was younger, I couldn't even spend the night away from my parents' house, like, at a friend's house, because that was just too much change, or that was too much on my comfort zone, because it wasn't my house and my parents, and, you know, so, like, I had trouble sleeping at friends' houses and having sleepovers and things like that, so it was everything from that to, like, obviously big things, like, you know, changing schools or something like that. Um, I even remember, like, going to basketball camps just for the day. For like four or five hours. <laughs> hey, those were intimidating. At the Y or something. And I could not, I was so just anxious and scared to leave my mom. Like it was just too out of my comfort zone. Um, so like whenever I think about, you know, where I was back then and then where I am now in terms of change and being out of my comfort zone, I guess I feel pretty proud of like that journey yeah. that it took to get from there to here um, and continues, you know, obviously this journey continues. I'm not like at the haven't reached a certain point or anything um but yeah i guess i feel proud of that yeah i think that's very appropriate pride like (laughs) taking pride like pride being prideful feels like too far over the edge but Mm -hmm. taking pride in who you are and who you know seeing where you came from and knowing that you couldn't be where you are now without having been where you were Mm -hmm. and like seeing that growth and that prosperity almost um i think that is good pride Thanks. (laughs) I feel that same way. Basically, we had the same answer. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. pretty much. But yeah, I like it. I like it, Ames. 
Thanks. I'm proud of you. Ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. <laughs> um, okay, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your past self? Oh, shit. How far <laughs> back in time? Should we set a time? Just any time? No, any time. Um, shit. You go first. <laughs> you tried to do that. You made this. You did that to me on the last question. Okay. So, um, right back at you. I mean, part of me, like, once again, this is just coming to me right now. And I, maybe it just piggybacks off of kind of what I just shared. But I think I would go back and tell my younger self, like the one who was struggling to go to basketball camp or even to go to school. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. The amount of mornings I cried on the way to school. Um, like, I want to go back and tell her, like, you won't believe <laughs> what your life looks like in, like, 20 years. Uh-huh. Or, like, the things that you are choosing to do changes in ingrained years. into your every breath now. yes you will not you won't even believe it even if i told you you wouldn't believe it and just like just it's gonna be okay you yeah. know like you will get past this you will get through this this is not always going to be something that inhibits you for a long period of time even though it was a lot of my childhood but yeah i think i would just encourage myself I think that's it. Yeah. Encourage more than advice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, you know, especially coming off that last question where I think we're both very happy and content with where we are in life Mm -hmm. and our place and our path that we've taken to get there. And so, like, I almost feel like going back to offer me advice is kind of like some kind of break in the time loop where I might change the future if I go back to that high school Caleb and I'm like, hey, man basketball isn't all there is in life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, there's more. You can, like, you're missing opportunities to go experience things by just purely and solely putting all your like mental and physical power into this aspect. And like, I don't, I don't want to say that because it might change my future. And I really like where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm cautious to mess with the past Mm. because it could affect it. But you know, I guess I'm confident that I'd end up where I needed to be. Yeah. That's also something I take pride in. I like that. Okay. 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 I'm going to do another one. If you could change one thing about van life, what would it be? Um, I wish that it was good weather year round everywhere. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, we, you know, we that, are, is, that is one of the hardest parts that, that and, we, and we can't control that. Correct. So if we had control of the weather, um, I think that is my one thing I would change because <laughs> that would free us up to go just kind of see a little bit more. I mean, yes, we are limiting ourselves. We can travel and live in a van in snowy and cold situations. Mm-hmm. We have just found that that is not the lifestyle that we want to live consistently no. year after year. No. Because, yeah, it doesn't, you can't be outside as much. And so mm-hmm. you end up feeling confined to the van. And I think, yeah, it's, uh, you go back to that early question of how <laughs> we need to take space from each other. Mm-hmm. It's much harder when we've lived in situations where we've had colder temps. So we chase those t shirt temps and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Does that count? Does that <laughs> well, count? mine is kind of something that's kind of impossible, too. <laughs> okay. And it's like, it is, I wish we could move Florida closer. Because oh, I, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I really beaches. want to be live in the van, like, on a Gulf of Mexico beach, like Florida, like on the Panhandle. But it's just so far away. Yeah, it's really far. That's <laughs> um, a good one. So, so control again, the weather, move states closer to us. <laughs> yeah. Even though we can move to them, we don't want to. Well, that would be, it's a long journey. Maybe this is another piece then. I mean, one of the like biggest pains of this life 
for us has been definitely just the van being able to successfully travel, um, you know, mechanical issues. I tried to word it really nicely. See, I think this is another impossible one. Yeah. From everyone we've known on the road, no matter what rig they're in, from a new 2022 van Mm -hmm. to, you know, an old breaking bad vehicle they've mm-hmm. all broken down yeah <laughs> it feels like an impossible wish as well but yeah yeah like you yeah we have definitely learned this you can buy the newest model no miles do all the things keep up with your maintenance and still something is going to happen yes. it does not matter um so i guess that's another piece i think too. santiago has been very successful in his travel endeavors that's Amy knocking on wood. Yeah, that was me knocking on wood. But, yeah, I mean, we all have little hiccups. We all need some repair now and then. Yeah. That's fair. I know. All right. This dude been taking us places. <laughs> okay, another question. All right. Um, have you backed your van up to a lake to jump in from the roof? I don't know if this is more of a question or a suggestion. But, we have not. But it sounds awesome. I'm trying to even think if I know of anywhere that that would be possible. We'd have to, like, to jump off the roof and get enough, you know, depth to be safely... It would need to drop off the water... We'd have to be, like, on a dock or or a pier. The water would need to drop off real quick from the shore. Yes, or else Um, we're... Kind of, maybe we need to go to that lake uh, that's in Westeros where, you know, the late season where mm-hmm. Jamie Lannister is knocked into oh. the shallows. And then the next shot shows him, like, falling into the depths in, in his, his armor. In his full body armor, yes. yes. And then the opening shot, spoiler alert, is him popping up from the water. Like, he just swam up. <laughs> yes. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's a good That's, that's a good the lake suggestion. we need to go to, yeah. That's a good suggestion. There, there's a few lo- little rapid ones I got here. Um, okay. Let's go rapid. Let's end okay. on rapid. Uh, okay. What, maybe. Um, number of dance parties we've hosted. Host, I mean, you and I have a lot of dance parties in the van or around fires. We started our van journey with dance parties. Like our first mm-hmm. trip, you know, we've talked about how we had our house in Denver. We bought the van in January 2020, but didn't get, our lease wasn't up in our house until that June, end of June. And so we had six months where we had the van and a house. And so we wanted to kind of like prototype it, take ourselves on trips, get used to it, slowly move into it. The first place we ended up taking it was Moab for mm-hmm. three nights. Home. Home. And yeah, home. and Yeah, another home. And uh, we were just in the desert, full moon, and like several nights in a row, like we would just put music on. The vibes in the van are immaculate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like dance parties just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a dance party that stands out to me. Another one is um, just the... This was a recent one that we had in the Sonoran Desert when we were back in our off-grid area. Yes. And we just had a dance party around the fire. The hoop came out. Like... Man, it was fun. We've had... We love a good dance party. Yes, um, <laughs> especially with props. Yes, Poi, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. hoops, yeah. music even. Yeah. We, yeah. But there's been like iconic... Music at the dance party, Music really? at the dance party, yes. <laughs> there's been some iconic dance parties. Joshua Tree. Yeah. I mean, how many have we hosted? I mean, over 10, less than... 100 that's for <laughs> most of the time honestly if glass animals just starts playing in the background my body can't not dance <laughs> that is the one <laughs> that is the away. one thing that hooks mm-hmm. me for sure that mm-hmm. and ghostland observatory yeah look them up and some hot chip and oh some man hot chip. yes okay do you have any other rapid fires because no. i do okay I have one rapid more. fire them off if you could be any plant what, what plant would you be oh shit plant think i would be and this is appropriate shout out to the date i will be cannabis caleb you took mine no uh, (laughs) you asked me first so i get shoot uh, what a beautiful plant not just in looks 
It's like crystallized, but it is beautiful. To look it is at. a beautiful yeah. and very sweet smelling, but also has very healing and recreational uses. So what yeah. a plant, man. What a, I know what a damn plant. I know. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, that was going to be mine. So, um, you can't say a Venus flytrap cause they're not vegan. Okay. I was going to, and you are, I mean, vegan. I was going to go with like some sort of flower then I guess. Okay. We'll cause... go with the cactus flower we just saw. Yeah, are, or I mean, a lotus flower comes to mind. That would be I cool. think lotus flowers are. And just, you also love water. So. I do. I know, and they live in water, so yeah. I'll go with lotus. Okay, there we go. You need this lotus flower tattoo, not me. Do you have a lotus flower tattoo? Not yet, not yet. I'll okay. get there. We're, I feel like by the time we're both done getting tattoos, we're gonna have a lot of crossover, just because we like <laughs> we're inspired by a lot of the same. Things. Yeah, we already have a lot of crossover. <laughs> okay, I'll end on one more question. This is like, this is a good one. Okay. Where do you think you'd be now if you hadn't done van life? Uh, it's hypothetical. Yeah, probably just still in our Denver house, which we heavily considered at the time because of, you know, the circumstances in the world, a.k.a. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we almost, we had kind of lost our jobs. All of our plans for our travels had, were just kind of kaput and just up in the air. And we didn't know how we were going to financially support ourselves. So we even, like, talked about just continuing our lease. We had a really good relationship with our, you know, mm -hmm. we had been renting that house for two and a half years, had, had no issues. And so we probably could have just kept doing it, especially, I'm sure the landlord would have benefited because no one was moving at the time <laughs> of the pandemic yeah. so he could just retain his same renters yeah so and yeah i mean i love that house two mm -hmm. bedrooms we hosted a lot of guests there we had some awesome moments together mm -hmm. there awesome moments alone there so it, it was hard to move but this it was the right trigger pull i, I don't definitely... like that phrase it was the right lake to jump in <laughs> off the roof <laughs> off the roof that we backed up to i definitely think we would still be in that house in denver um it, like, like you said, yes, I'm, of course I love where we are. I'm love where we're at, but it was a hard transition for me. I don't think I was ready, um, to leave that house and to leave our lives there and transition into this. I did know I wanted to do this, but it was, it was challenging. Like it was both. Like I wanted to do this, but I also wanted to keep what I had and like, mm -hmm. can't do that. Um, like it's just literally impossible, but so it was a rough transition for me, um, and I think that just goes to show, like, how happy I was there, you know? Like, I loved that house. I loved living in Denver. I love the state of Colorado. Like, just everything about it. Everything about it was great. So I do think we'd still be there. And we do say this. Um, I've heard us say this about multiple scenarios, um, multiple big life change scenarios. You know, people say, well, what if this happened? Like, a big one is, what if yeah. you got pregnant? Or what if... Almost. <laughs> or what if this or that or the other? And our, I feel like our response has always been, and this has always rang true for me. It's not just a bullshit answer. Like whatever happens to us in life, like, you know, whatever path, like new path starts being forged for us, like as long as we're together and we're doing it together, like it's going to be the path for us and we're going to be happy where we are. You Embrace know? the horizon. Yeah. So yeah. whether that's, Oh, we tried to live in a van, but it didn't work out and we stayed in Denver or the opportunity just never came and it just kept kind of being a dream that we just kept talking and thinking about. I think we'd still be happy no matter okay. where we were, you know? Yeah. Like Amarillo, Texas, negative 21 degrees, <laughs> broke down in the middle of December <laughs> in a Motel 6 with uh, Uber Eats Chipotle in front of us. The only thing that's remotely vegan in the area. <laughs> It's not like we're not going to have fun. <laughs> Playing Mario Party? Is that what we did? Yeah. But I don't know. I just, 
since we have, since our life has started to take, like, there's just all these different branches and, like, experiences that have been added to our tree, and it's not because necessarily the experience before was something we were trying to leave or escape from. It was mm-hmm. just a decision we made. Like, we were not trying to leave or escape from Denver because we were unhappy. It was just, this was a dream that we had, and it actually started happening. Yeah. And that... It almost just, like, manifested itself when mm-hmm. we, like, started putting it out to the universe. Here we are now. We were met halfway. In Escalante. We were met halfway. And, you know, I think if that hadn't happened... Escalante. Okay. <laughs> I think if that hadn't happened and we, you know, were still in Denver, I think we'd still be there. And I still think we'd be loving our life and having an awesome time and still be genuinely happy. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Ames. Yeah. All right, bonus question. Have to ask it because I teased it on Instagram. Okay. So, and it's it's kind of a meme of van life in general. You know, if you've ever seen any kind of inside the van builds and living with, you know, uh, especially people who are in a couple but and who have two dogs. But thank you for this question. Where do the dogs go when you guys bone? Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't that a question for people living in houses too? <laughs> Could be, but I guess there's dogs. just there's just less options in the van for them to go. Currently, both of our dogs are in our bed right now. You Jetson know, is on his back. It just depends on... It, it kind of depends on where they are. Um, if Jet is on the ground in his bed, he stays on the ground in his bed. If Jet is in our bed, he stays in our bed. But Kona is different. If Kona is on the ground, Kona's staying on the ground. If Kona's in the bed... Kona's going on the ground. Yeah. Kona never wants Kona to be. Kona gets out of there. Kona gets out. Jet just kind of stays wherever he is, there, whether even if that is yeah. right next to us. There, there's at it's at least always they're both in the van with us. We have learned that from trial and error, where we have, where they were left outside at certain times, and say, um, especially if you know Jet, someone walks up mm-hmm. or walks by, or even just you know is like strolling around the area and all of a sudden there is a very big disturbance happening. Yes. And so uh, at the least they are both inside the van with the door closed. So mm-hmm. when the door is closed, don't come a knocking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we say, don't knock anyway. So well, yeah, either true. you stumble upon it or that's it. That's all I got. I'm never sitting <laughs> good, on that one. Good question. See, everything I read. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, locks. Once again, thank everyone so much for sending us these questions. We really enjoyed getting to look over them and discuss them today. I just, it's really fun. Yeah, it's like cool. It. Yeah. And thank you for listening and asking the questions and yeah, diving into our lives and getting to listen to us dive into our own life. So, yeah. and as always, thank you for supporting this podcast. Like we've said before, every single listen, every single time you share with your friends, it is a huge support to us and we deeply, deeply appreciate it. We do have another way you can support the podcast monetarily via our Patreon, which I will include the link for that in the description below. But once again, thank you for all the support. It really means the world to us. The world. The world. Yeah, the whole wide world. The whole wide world (laughs) in his hands. Thank you once again for listening. We will see you next time. Peace out. Peace.